Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, the Odyssey app, live on YouTube. Going to be a fun hour here. We will get to the latest with John Fetterman, as well as Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, and also the cut sheet. Always a great cut sheet on a Monday, coming off of all the weekend shows. That's coming up at 7.45 this morning. So great last night, sitting there watching the Dallas Cowboys lose as double-digit road favorites and lose, and now they're no longer undefeated. And, of course, tonight uh, we get the uh, the birds on Monday Night Football. Yes, we do. Yeah. By the way, second straight Sunday where there was no Eagles game. Because yeah. we had a Thursday night and then a Monday night. I know. It's so bizarre. I don't like it. I, it I, I, it's like September. I'm like, where's my life? Yeah, exactly. Oh, well. Especially on a weekend that everybody's stuck inside because of the rain. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. By the way. Crappy it, weather. Like, it's the perfect... It would have been the perfect weekend to... Oh, my God. The Today Show has the Taylor Swift... It's just... It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you can't escape it. it you can't escape it. Um, uh, it would have been the perfect weekend for... You know, some good football to watch. And yeah. There were decent games, but yeah. I mean, uh, you know, no Eagles. Right. Be a great weekend to, uh, you know, see that Notre Dame-Penn State uh, doubleheader on Saturday night with Dawn making some stuff in the Crock-Pot. <laughs> of course, there's no Crock-Pot here again. I know. Yeah, I know. The hearty beef chili. <sighs> let, me just, let me just tell you something about Dawn, Nick. <laughs> Nine years, ten years, whatever it's been working with her. Uh, if she makes promises on air, she'll never follow through with anything. I can't help it if they eat all the food that I make yeah. and I try to hide stuff in the back of the fridge. It's gone. Yeah. There's like, actually a there was actually somebody on Twitter who reached out to us last night who was like, "Hey, I'm making chili, and, and since Dawn will never bring them in for you, I can bring it in." For I saw you. that. I yeah. saw that. Dawn actually puts more effort into hiding the chili in the back of the refrigerator yeah. than Bob Menendez does hiding cash right? and gold bars. See. They should have asked exactly, because <laughs> I could hide stuff. Yeah, exactly, or right. just shop it off. There you go. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten to climb in seven zero four hour number two on this Monday morning. Let's get round number two of the news, and here is Don Stensland. And good morning. Uh, we are in for a, another rainy, drizzly day with chilly weather for sure today. And we are sponsored this morning by Wawa in our Kale & Company News Live. So in the news today, so much happening. And I'll get to a couple of strikes, uh, strike news, uh, labor news. But I want to stay local first of all. And that is with this down tree is now being blamed as the cause of that gas explosion and fire that led to the evacuation of more than 100 people. This is Yaden, Delaware County, Pennsylvania, 100 people forced from their homes, from apartments, many senior citizens who lived in a, a senior living facility there. So firefighters responding, doing a great job getting everybody out. And and this is amazing if you see the video of this and just the wreckage with this explosion and fire subsequent there. But the firefighters did and first responders got everybody out safely and now looking for a pl- permanent place to stay as many are displaced by this thing. But it looks like um, the homes that exploded after the tree fell right near a gas line, and that sparked this huge fire, according to investigators. We are expected to learn more. I know Pico crews were busy overnight, as well as those investigators, but we'll continue to follow this one. We have that horrible crash. This is, again, in Delaware County, Delco, Pennsylvania, uh, yesterday. It, we now know that it started with a police pursuit chase 
by Chester officers has to do with a stolen vehicle. And they followed that suspect in the stolen vehicle into Brookhaven. And then ultimately this ended in a crash, smashed up many people's cars. So I saw one woman, I, I don't know how her first vehicle, she had just gotten a brand new car. She So she had one car that had broken down, whatever, decided to get a new car. And then, you know, to no fault of her own, it's it's parked out in the street. And this, you know, car thief ends up smashing, totaling her vehicle. That's a terrible stretch of bad right? luck. Yeah. If Jeez. Septa was safe, she would probably just bail on her car and start <laughs> public transportation. Oh, my goodness. So we're expecting more on that one, but uh, quite a scene. And we'll police are expected to hold a news conference. And then the story out of uh, Newcastle County, Delaware, where a three-year-old little boy was struck and killed. This was in a pedestrian vehicle crash. And we're now learning there was an off-duty Wilmington firefighter involved in that tragic accident there. So we're awaiting more information. But police um, locating the three-year-old little boy, transported him, rushed him to the hospital in critical condition. Doctors um, tried, obviously, but could not save his life. So that one is under investigation. We don't hear of any charges, but we know they're going to hold a news conference. Uh, Union News, so union leaders and Hollywood studios reportedly reaching a tentative agreement yesterday to end this historic screenwriter strike. Oh, wow. After nearly five months, but no deal is yet in the works, we're, we're told, for the striking actors. Mm. So SAG-AFTRA, yes. Yeah. The other one, yeah, n- no. SAG-AFTRA, no. The other one, yes. Yeah. Writers gotcha. Guild of America. Yeah. It looks like they have a deal. So late night shows will be back in production, but yet... No, they're not going to go until everybody's no. back. No. Oh, they got to have everybody okay. back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're, I, you could say we're halfway home, maybe. Okay. And then as far as the long national nightmare is over, folks, (laughs) you know, if you didn't tell me the writer's strike was going on, I wouldn't notice. (laughs) It's a good point. (laughs) Such a great point. And of course, we've been updating you every day on the UAW strike of the United Auto Workers, a powerful national group of unions across the nation with the big three. Um, This is we've never seen this historic level of strike nationally. But Pete Buttigieg, Mayor Pete, Transportation Secretary. Yeah. Uh, announced that President Joe Biden is joining the UAW picket line because he's deeply pro-worker. Right. He's deeply <clears throat> pro-everything he claims to be. <laughs> we'll see about that. I, I, well, look, I'm just te- I'm talking politically. It's a smart move. Oh, of course it is. Good look. Absolutely. It's a very good look for him. Mm-hmm. So I he heads agree. to Michigan tomorrow uh, to meet with striking United Auto Workers union members and the president, we're told, will join the picket line tomorrow and stand in solidarity with the men and women of UAW. You know, last time I looked <clears> at my map, I think you have to go through Ohio to get to Michigan, right? <laughs> I'm just thinking about my Big Ten football map. I got Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. Yeah. Uh, two, 247 yeah. days since East Palestine. He could, he Thank could, you. He could make a beeline. He's going yeah. to fly around the state. Stop by. <laughs> You know, since he's headed yeah. there tomorrow, what mm. if Trump showed up today? That would be brilliant. This is a great right? strategy. Yeah, yep. it would be. <laughs> yep. I mean, I I would laugh out loud. I yep. really would. Politically, you need to be on the side of these uh, these workers. Yeah. You really do. Imagine Trump showing up today in Michigan handing out pizzas or something or going to like a diner and giving out free breakfasts. Yeah, he should. He should. 
By the way, he blasted Howard Stern over the weekend on Truth. We'll get to that later. Oh, God. Uh-oh. <laughs> Trumped it. They used to be buddies, I guess. Can we Can we stop? Oh, that's the... right. He used to be on his show, right, mm-hmm. Rick? Can we stop with the tweeting about irrelevant figures? Like, seriously? Mm-hmm. Who? Wow, look at you calling Howard Stern irrelevant. Well, no, I mean, like, no. I, yeah. I'm, he's irrelevant now. Well, he, he was. He, he, he changed this genre of radio. Well, you know, ha- and this goes back to last week when Stern was saying, I'm woke, and I guess that means that I don't support Trump, and I... That got back to Trump, so Trump Trump blasted Stern for his now uh, irrelevance in satellite radio land. So a guy running for president is concerned about what Howard Stern has to say. I am woke, mother <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> just ignore him. Just seriously. So Everybody should, should just ignore him, honestly. I don't, know, I don't know why people are falling into this trap. Yep. Don't fall into the trap. Don't take the bait. Uh, we have, uh, before I get to the forecast, real quick here. It's a football night. Eagles at Tampa Bay Bucks tonight. Eagles and Phils are Philadelphia Phillies. We uh, swept over the weekend and against the Mets, and we start the new series v. the Pittsburgh Pirates tomorrow, six forty p.m. This feels like deja vu all over again. Deja last fall, it does. you know, we started this show on October third. Eagles were undefeated. Phillies were in the playoffs. Here we are, September twenty fifth, and it's just. Uh, the same thing again. It's deja vu. <laughs> Next week will be our our one year anniversary. Show. That's right. Wow. And we'll be forgotten about as the Phillies and the Eagles go on yeah. their championship run by all the bosses down the hall. Damn. We'll be kicked to the curb. Damn. Yeah, we'll get back to we'll get back to twelve ten. We we've got playoff baseball and an undefeated football team. Yeah. No time for that station down in the hall in the corner. Be happy you got your mugs and your t-shirts. Welcome to my world. <laughs> All right, uh, we uh, let's get, before I get to the forecast. We are sponsored by Wawa. Wawa has pizza. Yes, Wawa has pizza, and it's freshly made. Brought to you by Wawa, who now has pizza starting at four p.m. Because you know when you're driving with the kids, and then they order it, and then you get there, and they go, "Yeah, it doesn't start till four. Right. So just remember, it doesn't start till four. Yeah, I, I know there's a guy that has a national presence that is known for pizza, mm. but I might need to do like a. I mean, you know, Wawa does some stuff with us. We should do like a, a a sampling of the Wawa pizza on the air. I might do a Wawa pizza cheat day Friday this week. Mm. Instead of going to my local uh, corner pizzeria, I might do the Wawa one. You should. Yeah. I love Wawa. I'll take more than one bite, though. <coughs> but, well, but I, I think, what would you rather have, Wawa pizza or Rich Cioli's Brick oven pizza, which we've never had before. Uh, let's see. Do I want to tick off Rich or an advertiser? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back yeah, to you, Don. Yeah, Who does it better? Yeah. Uh, so the NBC 10 first alert forecast, 63 degrees right now. We're headed for, it's it's just a, it's kind of another, you know, gloomy Monday, drizzly. 65 degrees is the high. However, we reach that high early this afternoon, and then the wind picks up. So cool, raw, cloudy, and that trend really continues through tomorrow for your Tuesday. The high tomorrow, just 63 degrees with a low in the lower 50s. So Wednesday and Thursday, finally the sun comes out. Okay, so we're 67 with partly sunny skies Wednesday. Thursday, 68 degrees, partly sunny skies. We do have a a little bit of rain returning, looks like Friday, but the, you know, looking at the long range forecast, at least next weekend, 
cross your fingers that it stays sunny in the low 70s. So that looks absolutely lovely. This is Kale and Company News Live. All right, Dawn, thank you very much. 855-839-1210. We'll get to Kelsey and Swift in a moment, but let's get to Tom and Perkisey. He's got some thoughts on Mr. Menendez. Tom, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. Happy Voice Monday. Yes. Go Birds. Go Birds. Hey, um, want to want to make a comment, Menendez? Did you hear earlier talking about how they're going at after a Latin American? I just thought it was really hysterical and uh, so, insulting. Uh, are they making it the race card? <laughs> are they oh, trying yeah, to say this? Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, and then earlier I heard um, he's having a press conference, and I think he's going to announce that he's running for office again. Yeah, no, that's that's today. I believe we mentioned earlier in the show this morning that he's I mean, he's right. going to have that press conference that he's he's not stepping aside. Yeah, and more importantly, I got two things for uh, Dawn's T-shirt. Oh yes, one T-shirt of suggestions. Is, yes, one go of ahead. Them is, one of them is on your point. And the other one is, I have boys. <laughs> the Dawn Show, I have boys. I love that. Yeah, that's actually really good. <laughs> that is so simple. And on brand. Uh, uh, Dawn Show, it's for the boys. It's for the boys. <laughs> for the boys. We do it for the boys. Yeah. That's good. Oh, wow. All right, Tom, appreciate the call. 855-839-1210. So yesterday, um, you know, Sundays are big NFL days for many people. Even when the Eagles are off, you know, maybe you're, you get fantasy implications or you threw a wager down according to what Stalker told you to do or what Dawn told you to do with Bet Parks or FanDuel. And um, I, I didn't get a chance to watch any of the 1 o'clock games. I was wrapping up my daddy-daughter weekend. So I got back home, and it was probably 4.30, quarter of 5, and I started watching the Red Zone channel. And I see all the hysteria and all the hoopla over Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. And for those that don't know, uh, they are apparently uh, a couple, an item, uh, acquaintances, whatever you want to call it. Well, he he extended, because we played the clip on Friday or Thursday, he extended the invite to her to come to Arrowhead Stadium and watch from his box. Yes, she has claimed that the... uh, I guess she performed at Arrowhead Stadium, and then Travis is like, well, why don't you come here for a football game, and we'll show you how loud it really can get. And, of course, she was up in the suite in the box. Uh, And I want to just start with the the Travis Kelsey aspect of this because this is kind of where some of like the political stuff comes into play with an NFL player. So there's a new ad out where Travis Kelsey is the pitch man for Pfizer with not only their new COVID booster, but their flu shot. And the whole commercial is you can do two things at once. And I don't know if that's a playoff of obviously the two shots, the fact that he's got two Super Bowl trophies, the fact that he's still a great tight end, and he's still hanging out with Taylor Swift. You can do two things at once in this lifetime. So let's play you this ad, and I believe we've got the video to go with it. So if you're on YouTube, you'll see the actual video commercial. And if you're listening, well, you'll just hear the audio. Here's Travis Kelsey uh, channeling his new Big Pharma ad for Pfizer with the COVID booster and the flu shot. Travis, did you know you can get this season's COVID-19 shot when you get your flu shot? Oh, two things at once. Two things at once! Two things at once! once. I'll have the... Two things at once, please. Now, back to two things at once. Two things at once. That's not two things at once. Mom! 
Travis. Ask about getting this season's COVID-19 shot when getting your flu shot. All right, there you have it. Uh, Tony Fauci smiling from ear to ear this morning. Get your booster. Look at even Travis does it. So we've got that going on here. Look, let me just say this: as as uh, you know, we we uh, we we run ads on this radio station for Pfizer. So like, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm a pro capital capitalist. You know, yeah. um, you know, anybody who wants to spend money, sure, we'll take it. I, I look, I might not agree with the message, but if it's about but, dollars and cents, I get it. But he's the pitch man for this. He is. It, be like, you know what? I, I yeah, this vaccine. I don't know. Blah 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 blah. Here, Nick Kale uh, for Pfizer. Here, you uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I would never. Well, first of all, you would never do that. But right. I would never have you do something like that. So, right. Um, yeah. We could. Pl- you know, we, they, their next commercial should be. What? Uh, you could do Taylor and Travis playing doctor. You know, and but he's <laughs> but he could be the nurse and she could be the doctor. <laughs> what do you think? I like that idea. <laughs> But now, and I forgot about this, Travis Kelsey has also been a pitchman uh, for Bud Light as recent as this past spring and summer. Ah. So you've got Travis Kelsey here, Mr. Bud Light in the Bud Light demise era post-Dylan Mulvaney. You've got Travis Kelsey pitching Pfizer and flu shots. Uh, he's dating Taylor Swift. That is the trifecta of wokeness and left-wing ideology for Mr. Travis Kelsey. It is. It, it really is. And what did we report on Friday, among other things, that Jason Kelsey, definitely the better brother. Remember, he mm-hmm. just sponsored a uh, new canine officer, Winnie, from Haverford Police Department. Uh, yeah, that's correct. That's true. Okay. That's correct. And also, he raises a ton of money for autism mm-hmm. and donates his time. Yeah. So, Jason Kelsey, I don't care about the other one i mean at this point travis Jason's kelsey better. he might as well play his next football game next week with the ukrainian flag on his cleats <laughs> um he might as well go on instagram and have a panic attack about climate change <laughs> and uh do everything else that kind of checks off the boxes such a good point i right, travis kelsey who knew such a good point and they showed him yesterday mm. walking out of the stadium in the tunnel with taylor swift and they're yeah. tra- and he's all dressed up like a big celebrity a lot of these pro athletes love to look like they're fashion icons when they leave a game or they enter a game and there's this side-by-side picture of Travis Kelsey just looking over because he knows all the cameras are on him. Mm-hmm. Do, you think, do you think Travis Kelsey believes anything he's pitching, or is he just trying to make an extra buck? He's just trying to make an extra yeah. buck. That's what I believe as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But like now you've gone down that road, so it's like, okay, you know, there's it's, probably no coming back. It's just it's funny to me because one brother appears to me, being Jason, like anti-woke. Yes. And one brother is like, is like the, the poster child for woke. That's correct. And I believe both of them are from the state of Ohio, ah. which is very interesting because they played college football in the state of Ohio. I think they played for Cincinnati. So wanted to get that. And then also the, the Taylor Swift thing. I, I know we mentioned this a few times this morning. Enough is enough. It plastered all over the shows. She was in Jerry's box. We'll play you this piece of audio, and there's video to go along with it. This was the Fox NFL pregame studio guys just gushing over the fact that Taylor Swift was sitting in the luxury suite to see her man, Travis. In the box. She is there. Whatever that means. Oh, God. She will see what we hope is a fantastic contest. Most of you will get that. Others will catch the Dallas Cowboys. 
All right, so <laughs> they showed her there, and you saw that, and then they went out to the game. So you had Chris Christie in the box in yeah. Dallas for Jerry Jones, yep. and Taylor hanging out with Travis in Kansas City. Uh, Daniel, can you put up the front page of the New York Post as well? Because if you're watching right now on YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT, uh, the look that they captured on the front page yes. of the Post of her is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like this, oh, my God, yeah. oh, it's Travis. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can we pull that? I need oh that. Oh my no. gosh! No, please, <laughs> that was awesome. Wait, wait. This is a new bit. Have no, Greg Stock. We're going to put you in a long blonde wig. <laughs> there it is. I mean, look. She is just held to the chief. She is just giddy over. Oh god. Yep. It's she's how old is she? She's uh thirty three. Like she, you're not a teenager anymore, sweetheart. Like right. enough, right? This is in 2008 again when you're breaking into the business. And why do you dislike her so much? Because she's uh, can, all right, uh, Daniel. While we're at it, can you put up uh, the picture that I sent last night of her in the Eagles sweatshirt? Uh, that's why. That's why I because because she's a Fairweather fan. She's you know, not she's a Fairweather she, fan. She comes to Lincoln Financial Field. She's, she sings "Fly Eagles Fly," mm-hmm. has the whole crowd going, and now she's in the box wearing wearing a wearing a Chiefs jersey. She's a, lot, a lot like Joe Biden. Yeah, she, she plays to whatever crowd she's whatever, in front of. Yeah, exactly, whatever crowd she's in front of. Like this, this, this whole deal with yep. her wearing the. The Eagles thing is just, it yeah, just annoys me. Is it, I mean, I think she's still an Eagles fan, but I also think she's cheering on her new man. Mm-hmm. And then when they break up, then she'll hate the Chiefs. Good. Because I hate them too. But I don't hate them, but I'm just saying. Like, I just think how many, how many boyfriends and relationships has, has she gone through? A lot. And they, they all do, right? Not like, I mean, She's had some famous ones. Honestly, if you're a celebrity, I, it's where I'll defend Taylor Swift or any celebrity as a male. If you're if you're of that status and that stature, why would you get married? Because yeah. you're only going to get divorced and have to give half of it away anyway. It's a sound strategy. Because I think she, I think she wants to get married and have. I think she wants to. I, I think like she's looking for somebody to end up with. Okay, do you? She probably yeah, is. I do. Thirty three. You know. Yeah. Uh, one more while we're on the Taylor Swift thing. I wanted to play this. Uh, yep. Daniel, this is cut 16 here. Uh, this is this is number one Taylor Swift fan. Kelly Keegs, I guess, from Barstool. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't get the whole Travis Kelsey hype. Okay. Uh, this is cut 16, Daniel. I've seen the videos. I've seen the clips, okay? I'm just trying to catch up. I never in a million years did I think that I would have to take time out of my Sunday to watch the Chiefs play. I chose them today to win because I thought, okay, like if we're still doing this, we're still doing this. I cannot believe that Taylor is at this game. And I'll be honest, I, I, I mean, what am, what am I going to say? She's at the game. She's she loved all that corn. <laughs> he's so like he's so gross. I, I just I have no interest oh. in him. She's with Donna Kelsey. Everything about this I hate, but she <laughs> seems to love it. I don't know. She seems to love it. She's having a good time. What a betrayal for the Eagles, by the way. Yeah, she's yep. an Eagles fan. She's mm-hmm. singing about the she sings about Eagles T-shirts in her songs. Yep. But she's doing this, and I'm not sh- on Taylor right now. I'm just saying that I think she's a little st- struck. Okay, maybe maybe Travis is a st- like that because you don't betray your team and then get you know in a Chiefs jersey. And and jump up and down in a booth with his mom if his <laughs> good. So he must, despite how vile and just and so embarrassingly lame he seems, he must have that. Game. So good for her. Yep. yep. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You hey. can you can watch the unedited video on Barstool. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
Uh, coming up next, though, we will get to Fetterman. But before we do, on a, on a political front with Taylor Swift, this is a major story because she has snagged 35,000 new registered voters. If you don't think her political influence matters, you're not paying attention, and you should. We'll get to that story as we continue. Kale and Company live here on a Monday morning on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's Kale and Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. I'm planning my escape, and I want you to come with me. You know, last time WPHT travelers visited Italy, of course, they discovered northern Italy. Now, we're heading to southern Italy, uh, touring the most beautiful coastline in the entire world, the Amalfi Coast. This is something I've always wanted to do. And I've never done this. Please come away with me. Join me for 12 magical days in luxury with the number one professionals, once again, from Conservative Tours. Yes, so I want to travel with the best tour operator in Italy, my friends at Conservative Tours, A-plus rating, by the way, with the Better Business Bureau. So we'll even take the high-speed jet foil to the Isle of Capri, 5267, and that includes your airfare, which is amazing. Luxury hotels and dining events. You'll remember years and years from now. So join me and my family. Yes, we're taking the boys. So we'll do this together. Uh, toll free call 888-733-9494 or you can go to conservativetours.com. Listen to this. The Abbey of Monte Cassino. I get butterflies when I, and I'm looking at all the pictures. I'm, I'm planning my wardrobe. I can't wait. Like this is literally the trip of a lifetime. The Abbey of Monte Cassino, Italy's best-kept secret, Puglia, medieval Caserta, Sorrento, Pompeii, and a chance to see the great sights in Rome before we head home. Wow. you got to join me next spring in Italy. I'll see you on the Isle of Capri. How does that sound? Call now, 1-888-733-9494, conservativetours.com. Tell them Dolan sent you. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app or watch us live on YouTube. What's on the cut sheet coming up at 745 this morning. Also, uh, recap of Daddy Daughter Weekend and my Sephora spending. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. My God. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, before I uh, lose my mind over that, how about this? This really matters because, you know, we were talking about Taylor Swift last segment and Travis Kelsey but on a serious front, people need to realize that, and I think a lot of people do, but some of these big-time celebrities really do have an impact on voting and political ideology and registration, and they can be impactful. And Axios has a very interesting story from Saturday that says Taylor Swift snags 35,000 new registered voters. Uh, this is according to Axios. So Taylor Swift Instagram post drove record-breaking web traffic to Vote.org this week and helped the site register more than 35,000 new voters. Why it matters? Well, it's another example of the pop star's outsized influence on American life, first boosting the economy and now the voter base. Quote, our site was averaging 13,000 users 
Every 30 minutes, a number that Taylor Swift would be proud of, says Andrea Haley, CEO of Vote.org, saying in a statement, 13 is also Swift's apparently famous lucky number. Uh, by the numbers, they said 35,252 people newly registered to vote last Tuesday, which was a 23% jump from last year's National Voter Registration Day. And it was the largest since the 2020 general election year, according to Vote.org. There was a 115% increase in the 18-year-olds registering compared to last year. 157,041 eligible voters visited the site. Uh, between the lines, Swift uh, and her push comes as the nonpartisan nonprofit launches a campaign to register 8 million voters before Election Day next year in 2024, and they aim to target young people via efforts on college campuses, social media influencers, and other tactics. Translation, it's not out of the uh, realm of possibilities that out of those 35,000 new registered voters, if you're going to say it's young people, college, social media influencers, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say they were a largely a democratic type thing. You think? Do you yeah. think? So that point being, Taylor Swift is creating new democratic voter. Like we're, that's literally a thing here that I think people need to be aware of. And this actually goes back to what we were talking about last week in a big take when I talked about how Vivek Ramaswamy met with Jake Paul and Logan Paul about how TikTok needs to be utilized more efficiently for Republicans. Because this is, see, this is what's going on here. The Taylor Swifts of the world, Joe Biden and his administration, they have these young social media influencers that are on Instagram, they're on TikTok, and they're reaching these 18, 20, 22-year-old young adults, which are really still kill, still kids at that point. And that's why the Dems are doing so well with Gen Z. They're putting in a concerted effort. Now, I know there are certainly plenty of conservatives and Republicans in music in Hollywood, whether they publicly acknowledge they are or they keep that on the down low for their bottom line is another discussion. But this is where if there are conservative celebrities out there that have put that out there and just don't give a you know what, you know, like the Kid Rocks of the world and things like that. This is where I think Republicans need to get these people to start doing these things on social media to kind of punch back and counterpunch the Taylor Swift's of the world, the Beyonce's of the world, or anybody else that's out there driving a nonpartisan message when we certainly know they skew left. So I think that's a very interesting story. 35,000 new registered voters, and it's a huge increase from just three years ago. So keep that in mind. Um, and then, all right, I'll, I'll just get it out of the way now that Taylor uh-huh. Swift's got my uh, my, my uh, blood boiling a little bit. Um, we did the daddy-daughter thing this weekend. By the way, I came up 10 out of 10. I nailed every category, every Ooh. department. And Dawn, I was throwing a lot of challenges this weekend. Yeah? Yes. What so happened? So Friday, pick them up. We come back down. I told you we had the Sephora shopping day, right? So before that, my apartment complex was having uh, resident week, uh, resident appreciation week, which we'll get to the spa day on Saturday. But the first debacle was they were having a dog costume contest for Halloween where residents brought their dogs down into the conference area and other residents could judge the dogs. So we get down there. It starts at four o'clock. I just get back from the airport. It's about three thirty. 
And I, I say to one of the uh, the ladies that works up front, I said, what do you guys typically have, 10, 12 dogs that come down? She goes, yeah, 10, 12, 15. You, the, the apartment's been open for over three years. She's like, yeah, we usually get a pretty good turnout. So, of course, I've got my daughters there. They're excited. They're ready. And two dogs showed up. Oh, that was the first thing. Two. I was like, I was like, girls, I, I, this is beyond my control. We had one dog that was dressed in a Bryce Harper jersey <laughs> and another dog that was in a reindeer Santa Claus outfit. And uh, we voted for the reindeer Santa Claus <laughs> dog. So that was number one. Then we get to Sephora, which, you know, as we know, is a new thing. At least I realized it's a thing that's been out there. As you saw on the clip this past weekend that was posted on 1210 WPHT's Twitter. So I go in there and I was expecting to, you know, get out of there for 70, 80 bucks. Um, Let's just say I almost doubled that on what my girls wanted. Because, you know, like, there's a little section in Sephora, Dawn, where there's, like, the $20 and under section. So I'm like, hey, you could probably get, like, four or five things that are under $20. Or if you want to spend, you know, $68 on the one thing, that's the one thing you're getting only. So we were in there for about an hour. And oh I walked God. out, and uh, I felt like just cutting my credit card in half <laughs> and throwing it in the garbage. But I came up aces, so they were happy. And then Saturday, with the bad weather, supposed to be spa day at my apartment. Mary Kay Cosmetics is supposed to come in from 10 to 1130, and all residents can have a complimentary spa day. Well, I'll be damned if I don't get down there at 952 with my girls, and the front desk lady says, hey, I, I hate to break the news to you, but the Mary Kay Cosmetics lady had to cancel due to inclement, inclement weather. Boo. I'm like, wait a minute. It's raining out and the event's inside. What do you mean inclement weather? So then on the fly, had to find a place. Now, keep in mind that that spa day was going to be free. Had to find a place to take my girls for a spa day. So I took them for pedicures and manicures for two hours. I sat in a chair for two hours while they got pampered. And my credit card once again gets cut in half. See, I told you. That was the day. Uh, you could have gone to GPCC, which is the Greater Plymouth Community Center. Yeah. They have all kinds of events, and I think it's like 10 bucks because mm-hmm. you're a resident of Montgomery County. Correct. So for like, I don't know, 20 bucks, mm-hmm. just go on the swims. It's all indoor, yep. lot, a lot to do, a lot of activities. Yep. Could have just saved a lot of money. So I'm getting hit with more challenges beyond challenges. Like They're trying to make my weekend miserable, <laughs> and I immediately have the answer to everything. And then lastly, we go up to my sister's. My sister was cooking dinner in the crock pot, kind of like you. Oh, nice. So we went up to watch uh, some college football Saturday afternoon, and I needed a Red Bull, so I stopped at Wawa. And my girls were like, oh, can we get a hot chocolate? It's rainy. It's dreary. I said, yeah. So we go in, and of course, you've got the fountain soda machines, all the coffee machines, and the hot chocolate machine. Guess what one machine had a big (laughs) out-of-order sign on it? No. That's correct. I just looked up like you really you're really pushing my buttons today. Huh? <laughs> I almost heard God laughing at me. I so I gotta I gotta throw a flag here for that's a fine. What? I'm no I'm just curious if is nine a little young for the, this type of stuff? The petties and the manies? Yeah. I I mean I, you know me I think nine's too young for them to have iPhones. Well, I mean, you're, I don't want them on TikTok. I mean, you're the father. You could say no, we're not doing it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, I just, you know, there's battles you got to fight as a man. And I've uh, lost a couple of these battles. Dawn, am I, is it wrong of me to say that, that, that nine might be a little too young to do these, these things? I'm not, I'm Sephora not. Sephora pedicure manicure. I know. I agree. This I, is like, like 12 or 13, right? Yeah. That should be the starting age. Mm. 
to me, I think spoiled brats. Plan well, I think just plan other things that that are around activities. Yeah, mm. like other activities right. rather than beauty, because. Yes. You could say, you know, I I just want you to know you're always beautiful to right. me. You don't need to put paint uh, on. Oh, well, you know, God. that's what my dad. Well, I'm, I'm just I'm gonna, quoting my dad. Yes, they're, just, but they're dancers. I just threw up in my mouth a little <laughs> bit. You know, yeah. Actually, you know what, girls? No Sephora. Why don't we pull out the coloring books today? <laughs> well, no. Just there are a lot of you know things you could. I don't know. Just go to it. Like it was hard because it was rainy, but I was trying to think of. In there are a lot of you know mm-hmm. indoor cli- rock climbing and you know stuff stuff oh, yeah. to do like that. Yeah. It's funny because I, you know, as a newly parent of a three-year-old, I, I have said many things that Dude, I would never do. Your days are coming. Fast. That I'm doing right now. Uh-huh. So I am. I am not one to throw any shade at any parent for what they decide. I'm just saying that to me, and I have a boy. I'm just saying to me, nine seems to be a little young for, uh, like the whole makeover. Thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They got these uh, skincare things for their face. They put this mask type stuff. The only mask that I want my kids wearing, they actually put like a mask on when they go to bed for their, you know, the exfoliation of their pores. What? And, oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're nine. They have great. They have great skin. I know. I know. But you know, what am I going to do? I've got glamour daughters that uh, you know dance and they spend their time looking at YouTube and Instagram. Oh boy. Uh huh. You think Taylor Swift is an issue? <laughs> wait, wait till my daughters get to that age. It'll be a disaster. But that's what I'm saying. Try to push them maybe in a different direction. Like, no, there was, I wanted to push them. Uh, golf, times. like, uh, <laughs> you know, there are a million, there are a lot of golf ranges. And, I know. And, you know, do like an indoor golf activity thing. But you know what? Golf is expensive. I think Sephora might be actually more financially uh, doable <laughs> than golf. They don't give you any breaks there in that's golf. True. Way too expensive. So that's the weekend that was. Uh, Sid on the YouTube chat says, should have gone to Willow Grove by United Tire. They have a trampoline center there. Oh. Well, we've got a trampoline in my yard in Tennessee, too. Jump but no, those trampoline parks are a lot of fun. Oh, that's I a know. good idea. Yeah, we've yeah. done that for sure. That tires them out. You do that for two yeah. hours, then they're exhausted. Uh, Secret Squirrel says nine is the new 14. <laughs> it is. I guess so. It is. Just... Even Bidenomics is affecting girls' ages now. <laughs> Nine's the new 14. <laughs> So, well, there you go. Um, the weekend in the books for all of those that were inquiring after. Did they uh, have fun, though? Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. That's all that matters. They had fun. I had fun. It was a 10 out of a 10 weekend. Good. I was faced with daunting challenges, had all the solutions, unlike the Biden administration, and uh, I'm even further down the hole financially, so it was all worth it. All right, 7.45, right on the dot on a Monday. Let's get to another What's on the Cut Sheet. What's on the Cut Sheet? Oh, I thought the cut sheet on this Monday. Wow. Threw my voice out by saying that. Sorry about that. I know. That's what you get for imitating Taylor Swift last hour. I know. Which was awesome. I know. Thank you. Uh, You you brought this up on Friday, Nick. I think think you brought this up. Uh, Joe Biden was at the uh, Congressional Hispanic Caucus. (laughs) And you referred to them as the Congressional Black Caucus. Right. Big difference there. So this is what happened, I guess, late last week. <laughs> it's just, it's anybody else. And we're going to play another clip. Too. Anybody else would have been, it would have been wall-to-wall coverage today. It would have been that and Taylor Swift. Yep. Um, here's Joe Biden at the Congressional Hispanic Caucus uh, over the... Uh, I guess late last week. Mm-hmm. This is cut one. And I mean this sincerely. My dad used to say, everyone, 
Everyone is entitled to be treated with dignity and respect. Congressional Black Caucus embodies all those values. Yeah, and Hispanic Caucus, too. Black, Hispanic, not what's the joke. difference? Uh, Italian, Asian, Latino. You're all not white. It yes, doesn't matter. That's I right. It's just, it's... Yeah, everybody's welcome at my table. <laughs> uh, so this was him at the... Um, Hispanic Caucus Okay. on Saturday. He was introducing... No, no, I'm sorry. This is him at the Black Caucus on Saturday. It's I'm I'm more confused than Joe well, Biden That's what right Joe now. does. Joe's so confusing, he confuses us. So he was talking about LL Cool J. LL Cool J. I, I, I don't know why, okay. but he was. He butchered his name and referred to him as Boy. Oh. Yeah, cut okay. two. And two of the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip-hop in America... LLJ Cool J. Uh, <laughs> by the way, that boy's got, that man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think he's spent. Oh boy. Yeah. He and did MC try Light. To correct he both did. Of you, thank you. Yeah. And MC Light. Because yeah. they both have the light off on the mic, you know, you're, uh, you're all here to listen to the new edition. Mike Bibbins, 40 years producing <laughs> music. That lifts our soul. Just so uncomfortable it's talking so, about these things. Dude, this is, where, this is why he's not allowed to go off script. Because he's <laughs> LLJ cool yep. instead of LL cool J. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, boy, autocorrects to man. Yeah, now let's just let's just point this out. If Donald Trump would have referred oh to God. LL cool J as boy, how do you think the mainstream media would be talking about that today? But he never would. Joy, Joy, I know. Joy Reid's head would explode. Mm-mm. She her whole, her whole opening monologue would have been on the history of racism and the oppression of individuals, but Joe does it, and uh, he's just, you know you'll probably hear about it here and nowhere else. As you know, the president has a history of referring to African Americans as "boy," mm-hmm. a term considered a racial epithet when used to describe black men. Earlier this year, Biden used the word while referring to Maryland's first black governor, Wes Moore. The president has frequently used boy to refer to younger politicians, though he took flack uh, while on the campaign trail for using the term to describe his ability to work with segregationist senators. Yes. Senator Cory Booker, then competing with Biden for the Democratic presidential nomination, rebuked him in a statement saying, you don't joke about calling black men boys. There you go. Well, uh, I think it was part of the ABC Washington Post poll. Uh, Joe Biden's support amongst minorities has gone from 73% to 50 He's lost 23%. Uh, funny you bring that up. I'm going to go, you know, all of this as a backdrop of these uh, these polls that were the big topic of conversation on at least two of the uh, Sunday morning shows. Let's start with Meet the Press. This is an NBC poll uh, that says that... What you just said, Nick Biden approval among black Latino independent voters down double digits since taking office. This yep. is cut three. This, as our new poll shows, the president's approval among black voters is down 17 points since the first year of his presidency. Mr. Biden is also down by double digits among Latinos, voters without a college degree and independents. And as we mentioned, 59 percent of Democratic primary voters tell us they want to see a challenger to President Biden. All right, so week number two of Kristen Welker uh, on that show in place of Tuck Chod. Uh, <laughs> so, As I said. Ch- Chuck Todd. <laughs> Tuck Chod. Oh, I thought you were making fun of me. That no, was no, that, that, was, was that was a true slip-up. I mean. <laughs> uh, but good. Um, so, you know, we, we talk about the Latino community, which is very interesting because there are a lot of people that have certainly moved 
from other countries of Latino background. They've come to the United States, whether it's Florida or Miami specifically. You saw how well DeSantis did in 2022 in his bid for re-election, you know, crushing it with the Latino base. And I think a reason, one reason for that is, is Latino people love capitalism. And the Republican Party embraces capitalism far more than the Democrats do. So that's one. And then two, I think you're seeing a lot of people in the African-American community that are sitting there and saying, you know what, Joe Biden promised us this and Kamala Harris is supposed to represent that. And at the end of the day, all they do is keep selling you on it, but they don't do anything for you. They don't deliver for that segment of the population. I think that's why that number is where it is, and it's trending in the wrong direction. Uh, they they went further with this NBC poll. They uh, they brought out Steve Kornacki to break down the specifics in a lot of the, uh, these polls. After he had two monsters. How, how about the enthusiasm uh, for the 2024 election? How do Republicans and Democrats stack up? This is cut four. Uh, hang on. Cut for starting now. There's also this. We found an enthusiasm gap between the two parties. We asked folks on a scale of one to ten, how enthusiastic are you about the presidential election? And you can see Republican to Democrat, there is a gap right there. Where's the lag for Democrats? We found a couple places. Non-white voters, you can see significantly less enthusiastic than white voters. And then how about this age gap? The youngest group of voters who Democrats have been trying to get excited and motivated a 50-point, nearly 50-point gap there. So really an uphill battle to try to make sure voters don't stay home if you're Democrats. You know, it's interesting, and I'm going to go back to what I referenced in the in uh, the show last week. We see the interest and the desire to get out there and vote in polls, and the enthusiasm is at unbelievably low lows. Yet you just go back and look at some of these elections that we've had recently We've had record number turnout. So it's almost like the like, once again, take polls with a grain of salt, mm-hmm. whether Trump leads by 10 yes. or whether people are not interested in voting. Mm-hmm. What these polls show and what happens on, quote, game day are completely different things. Agreed. Uh, it It is interesting because uh, from this enthusiasm, I think was the most I mean, that's why I played this one first, because I think it is the most interesting mm-hmm. because Republicans are way more enthusiastic to vote for Trump than Democrats are to mm-hmm. vote for Biden. That's correct. So um, I think I think that matters. I think it matters a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, will will ultimately they come out uh, on election day? To your point, right? You know, if they think. Um, Abortion is going to be taken away, and there's that article in Politico that uh, the oh, yeah. Democrats are running on abortion like it's 2022 all over again. And they're going into red states with that message as well. They are. They're not just playing to the base that they already have in their back pocket. Yeah. Uh, what about his disapproval rating? How does that stack up? This is cut five. There's just this is simple question of job approval. Barely 40% approve of Joe Biden's performance. And we have to note 56%. That's the highest disapproval rating for President Biden since he took office. That's significant. Yeah, so let's take a look at what's driving that okay. too here. In one big area, no surprise, it is the economy. Look at this contrast. This is April of 21, months after Biden took office. Nearly half the country was satisfied with where the economy was then now barely one in four americans satisfied with the economy you know you look at it no matter which way you slice it or dice it joe is struggling he's losing the minority vote most people disapprove of the economy the border is certainly an issue his age his cognitive decline 
every category where you sit there and say, okay, which way is the arrow pointing? The arrow's pointing down in every single department for Joe right now, and economy should be number one, and it appears that it is. Let's go to the other uh, Sunday morning show, ABC This Week. You referenced the ABC Washington Post poll. That was, again, bad news for Joe Biden. And again, I'm bringing these up because these are two mainstream media polls that both Sunday shows led with yesterday. So um, I do think it is significant, even though I'm taking polls, especially at this early in the race, uh, with a grain of salt. Um, Let's. How do people... uh, how are people uh, liking Bidenomics? This is the ABC This Week poll. Uh, cut six, Daniel. When you, when you dive into the big questions around the economy, we know President Biden has been out there trying to make the case. Unemployment is low. Uh, he's been talking about how inflation has been easing. But people aren't buying it. You covered some of the reasons why. Gas prices, uh, food prices, grocery prices and the like. Right now, on the big picture on the economy, 74% of the country, that's about three quarters of Americans, who say the economy is either not so good or downright poor. Wow. So somehow 26% are okay with the economy. <laughs> 25% good or excellent if Remarkable. you're watching right now on the, on the YouTube uh, channel. It is unbelievable. And you, you think back to some of the numbers. I'm going to give you these again when we talk about Bidenomics. This was from uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn, Republican from Tennessee. Uh, gas is up 64.55%. Energy is up 43.38%. Groceries are up 20.47%. This is the reality of Bidenomics. Ali on the YouTube chat writes, uh, there's no enthusiasm to vote for Biden, only enthusiasm to vote against Trump. Is it enough? We'll see. I I would argue that that was the, that was the whole narrative 2020. for 2020. Yes. It was not people love Joe Biden. Yes. They were voting against Donald Trump. So that's Trump. that's a terrible way to go about it in the first place. But to double down again in 2024 and say, you know what? Yeah, my grocery bills are higher. Yeah, my gas is higher. Yeah, my energy costs are higher. But damn it, I hate Trump. I'm voting Biden again. It's almost like they're willing to punish themselves in order to avoid him. Yeah. Which, that's the scary part. It is. Like, yeah, uh, things are tough, kids, but I'm going to vote for the same guy I did. It's going to be another tough couple of four years for you, but... Hang in there, and then it will will be the orange man will be gone. Same ABC uh, Washington Post poll. How do Americans feel um, financially since uh, Joe Biden took office? This is cut seven. These numbers are simply staggering for the sitting president. Forty-four percent of people in this poll say they are not as well off as they were at the start of the Biden administration two and a half years ago. Those are the worst numbers that we've seen in our ABC News Washington Post polling. It's a question we've been asking going back to the Reagan administration. You know, what's frustrating is when you think about Americans living paycheck to paycheck. Did you see the number that the United States is actually spending with Ukraine, not in military aid, but in other categories such as farming and other agricultural areas? The amount of money that we're just giving to that nation while everybody here in this country for the most part, except for the elites, are struggling, is just eye-popping. And it really reiterates the concept of, with Joe Biden, America last. I, I don't know who exactly he's helping out in the United States. It damn sure isn't me. Uh, Paul on the YouTube chat writes, they were really pushing the Biden commercials on Channel 10 yesterday morning. Um, oh, were they? I guess the NBC. Okay. Um, Not surprised. Well, look, I mean, it, it's it, it's smart on the Biden front to run commercials now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, especially in this in this area. Yeah. 
Which further tells me he's not dropping out of the race. He's they're, yeah, look, they're going to drag him to the finish line. This is this is unbelievable. Yeah, Don just took the words right out of my mouth. It's unbelievable. Uh, Renee writes: Biden actually had a commercial on a Sunday show saying that he made U.S. the U.S. energy independent. Uh, Sylvia writes: My rich idiot in-laws will all still vote for Biden. <laughs> Um, no, that that post did not come from me, <laughs> but I have experienced that. Um, w- what do Americans feel? This is from the same ABC uh, News poll. What do Americans uh, view on uh, gas, energy prices, um, all of that stuff under the Biden administration? This is cut eight. Nearly as many upset about gas and energy prices after a brutally hot summer. The national average for a gallon of unleaded gasoline this week hitting $3.88 per gallon, according to AAA, the highest level in nearly a year. We just drove through California yesterday. Gas was six thirty-nine a gallon. That's, that's ridiculous, in my opinion. People can't afford rent. Wow. I... I, I cringe because I get my gas always from my local Wawa because it's just right by my house, and it's been sitting at three ninety five. And then this past weekend it was three ninety nine. It's a penny away from. If it gets to four, I might vomit. But I can't imagine what it's like living in California, paying six thirty nine for a gallon of gas. Uh, broadcasting live on YouTube. If you have not done so yet, please hit the like button. We're sitting here at 62 likes, so please hit the like button. I want to get to 100 likes. Also, if you have not done so, please hit the subscribe button. I think we're about 40-some-odd away from uh, 4,600. So if you have not done so, please hit the subscribe button. I want to I want to get those subscriber numbers up. I haven't really made a pitch for them uh, in the in the last couple of days, but I want to uh, I want to get those numbers up. So try and help help us get to forty six hundred subscribers. Um, one more from the ABC News poll, uh, and it's all about the economy, which I think is interesting uh, where people's heads are at on if. Uh, how they think the Biden administration is doing in the economy. His approval rating, I guess, uh, you would say, cut nine. Americans overwhelmingly say they are not feeling good about the economy and that the president is to blame. Just 30% approve of his performance on the economy, a career low, largely dragged down by pocketbook issues for families. Like food prices that have risen 4.3% since last year. Our poll showing more than 9 in 10 Americans rating them negatively. Voters across the country telling ABC News they are frustrated. Costs a lot more to buy a loaf of bread these days. We're all trying to survive. We can't even work two jobs at this point and try to make it. I don't think that anybody is really paying attention to the working man. You know, just uh, on the economy and the cost of food front, a couple of um, perfect examples to really illustrate these issues. So yesterday uh, we got up and I I took the girls with me to go grocery shopping Um, and we went to Giant and I got out of there. And again, it was just me for the week. Now, I did have to do some of the toiletry uh, expenditures, so was, that week is always a little more expensive. 171 bucks for little old Nick sitting in his apartment in Bluebell. And uh, my sister, when we were up on Saturday, told me a story of how they were, uh, a couple of days earlier, I think it was like a Wednesday or a Thursday, they were going to order uh, from their local pizza spot. And they wanted to get a meat lover's pizza, uh, an order of barbecue wings, and a panini sandwich that my sister wanted because uh, she wasn't feeling pizza. Her husband and son wanted pizza. 
And she, those three items, 10, 10 barbecue wings, a panini, and a meat lover's pizza. And the guy on the other end of the phone said it was $87. Wow. $87 for a pizza with all the, all the fixings, wings and a panini, uh, and a delivery charge. That's pre-tip. Who's going to spend 87 bucks for that? You're better off just going out and getting, getting a ribeye and a baked potato. <laughs> I was like, I would have, I would I was like, did you order it? She goes, no. Yeah. Um, all of this looming is the looming, uh, government shutdown over the, uh, spending, I guess. Um, Senator, uh, Representative Matt Gates went on with Maria Bartiromo on Sunday, going scorched earth on House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and questioned what wins the House Republicans have actually racked up uh, since January when they have been in the majority. Uh, this is Sunday morning futures with uh, with Maria Bartiromo. This was a very interesting conversation between the two of them. Cut 13. Now joining us, one of the people holding up an agreement uh, to fund the government, Florida Republican Congressman Matt Gates. Uh, Congressman, thank you very much for being here this morning. Oh, thank you. I, I'm glad I get to respond to your monologue, because if you're saying that I'm standing in the way of all the Republican wins, I'd love you to enumerate them. Watching my <laughs> friend and mentor, Jim Jordan, it was it was quite painful because he started by saying we should only pick one fight, the border. But then as the interview went on, he said, well, we should pick a second fight, Jack Smith. And by the time the interview rounded out, he was saying that we shouldn't be funding Ukraine without a plan. And yet the very continuing resolution that you and Jim Jordan seem to be for continues to have $300 million more for Ukraine. So I think we ought to fight on all fronts. I think the border is very important. And the best way for us to advance the Republican border policies is to pass the Department of Homeland Security Appropriations Bill, do that along with veterans, defense, ag, state and foreign ops. We'll have 73% of the discretionary uh, budget funded. And if, you know, the Department of Labor and Education have to shut down for a few days as we get their appropriations in line, uh, that's certainly not something that is is uh, optimal. But I think it's better than continuing on the current path we are to America's financial ruin. Congressman, I understand, and that is why you are on this program this morning, because I want to give you a fair shot, and I want to get your, you uh, heard. So tell me why you are threatening Speaker McCarthy and trying to shut down this government uh, at a time that the Republicans have finally gotten some upper hands here uh, in terms of wins, able to investigate President Biden on what looks like uh, bribery. Yeah, we don't put our pencils down in the investigation of President Biden during a shutdown. So the premise is false. Second, if Kevin McCarthy was actually serious about pursuing the Bidens, he would have sent Hunter Biden a subpoena by now. That's how you know this is sort of failure theater that you're observing. During the first year of Democrat control of the Congress, they brought in Donald Trump Jr. three times over nothing over a nothing burger. And so we seem to be fundamentally unserious in our oversight. But what is serious is the fact that we are spending more than $7 trillion a year, bringing in around $5 trillion a year. And uh, it, I want to fund the government. I'm not pro shutdown, but the way to fund the government is not the same way we've been doing it since the mid 90s, where it's one up or down vote on the entire government all at once. We should have separate single subject spending bills. Kevin McCarthy promised that in January. He is in breach of that promise. So I'm not here to hold the government hostage. I'm here to hold Kevin McCarthy to his word. 
So a couple of things here. You know that Gates and McCarthy do not see eye to eye. Gates didn't want to give him the votes when McCarthy had to go 15 rounds back in January, as he alluded to there with the mention of January. I'll tell you what, Gates has been in the news a lot lately. He also apparently has aspirations to run for governor in Florida once DeSantis's term is up. And then also, uh, Gates and Fetterman have been beefing. And you talk about the possibility of a governmental shutdown. Uh, Fetterman actually fired back at Gates this past week and said that, quote, if those jagoffs in the House stop trying to shut our government down and fully support Ukraine, then I will save democracy by wearing a suit on the Senate floor next week. So Fetterman's going to save democracy by wearing the appropriate attire in rebuttal to Matt Gates coming after him about saying, do your stinking job. He somehow makes it all about him. He does. I think Matt Gates comes off. I'll just ask you this, because the, the so-called mainstream media calls Matt Gates, refers to him as the far right, yeah. the extreme right. That's correct. I, I just ask when you hear when you just heard him, does anybody think that he sounds extreme or far, far right? No. To talk about looking at a, your tax dollars and evaluate line by line and go through it just like all of us do mm-hmm. in our budgets. No, but this is this has been going on since McCarthy was trying to get those votes back in January. You have Gates, you have Marjorie Taylor Greene, which to your point and perfectly uh, characterized by you, Don, with the way the mainstream media portrays those few as the far right, yet then they look at others and they view like McCarthy to be, you know, certainly less than far right. And those individuals get more of the benefit of the doubt from the mainstream media. They really, they really try to vilify Matt Gates. Like they, they use the same brush on him as they do DeSantis, um, Trump, or anybody else from the state of Florida. I, you know, I said this on Friday, and for those of you that don't know who aren't as following as closely as we are, this is all about military spending, and it's about how much aid we're sending to Ukraine. And for any true liberal. Anybody who is, who, who, you know, they call them classic liberals, who always question military spending in the U.S., always did. The Bill Mars of the world. Where are they now? I know. Like, this, this should be a cause that, to Dawn's point, the, and I put this in quotations, the far right and the left should unite on because it's, it's, it is questioning military spending, which mm-hmm. is always our top line item yeah. when it comes to spending. Yes. I'm glad you bring up Ukraine and the spending, too. I noticed two things. One yesterday during football and one today this morning on our YouTube chat. This morning on our YouTube chat or YouTube channel, uh, when Valdez posted the picture of the New York Post and had the freeze frame of the... Uh, was it Travis Kelsey and Swift on the on the on the yes. cover? Yeah. Did you notice the New York Post now has in the top right corner the Ukrainian flag? I did not notice that. If if Valdez can post that back up there again, I see it. There's, I I have the picture in front yes. of me, like, Daniel. If you can put it up on YouTube, yep. I don't know if you can, but the post now carries the Ukraine flag uh, in the top right corner. Yep. And I also noticed yesterday the New York Jets had the Ukrainian flag on the back of their helmets. You know, as if it wasn't enough a couple of years ago, we had to have uh, BLM propaganda on people's football helmets. Now we've got the Ukrainian flag on people's football helmets. There it is. Yeah, you got the United States flag in the yep. top left. There it then is. the New York Post logo. And then mm-hmm. on the right side, the Ukrainian flag. And if you don't if you don't agree with the fact that a Ukrainian flag has the right to be there, it's why are you so pro-Russia? Like, I'm not pro-Russia. I'm just What's the exit strategy here? Is it going to be like Afghanistan, Joe? Or are we just going to keep funneling money to Ukraine? Well, I think 
I think the issue is and always will be when the economy and prices are so high here, why are we spending so much money mm-hmm. over there? Why are we spending so much money on Ukraine sovereignty, yet totally neglecting our border? Imagine if that money was spent at the border. But then again, you know, record numbers in August for Joe. Uh, we're number one. We're number one. Speaking of the Senate dress code. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kale. Uh, Senator Dick Durbin was on State of the Union on CNN on Sunday talking about the dress code, and he thinks that we need to reach some sort of an accommodation on the Senate dress code that is realistic. I don't don't know what is more, like... And why are we negotiating with accommodations on the way senators are supposed to dress? For one guy. I know. I loved uh, Senator Rand Paul tweeted out a picture of himself in a bathrobe huge red bright red yeah. bathrobe mm-hmm. sitting on the capitol and his hair kind of tousled yeah. bare feet right in a in a red bathrobe yeah just show <laughs> up with anything you want hooded sweatshirts sweatpants flip-flops you can look like nick kale if you want elise elise on the youtube chat writes the new york post has had the ukrainian flag on the banner since the war started oh did they i i I, I, I literally I literally read it every day. I've never noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice it until you brought it up. Yeah. So, um, okay, Dick Durbin on the Senate dress code uh, from yesterday. Cut 12, Daniel. Something that's going on inside the Senate, which is a debate about the dress code. Uh, you say that you are concerned uh, about the fact that your leader, Chuck Schumer, directed that the Senate no longer enforce its dress code. Can you explain why you're concerned about that? Well, let me tell you, the good news is the conversation continues, and I believe there's going to be uh, an agreement, I hope very, very soon, among members. Uh, it, it is uh, experience in the Senate to see individual senators and their individual fashion taste. I could go through the long litany of those that I've seen in the past, but I think it's very positive that Chuck is sitting down with the senators who are interested in this issue, and I expect an agreement to be reached very soon. Why do you think the dress code shouldn't change? Well, I can tell you, you really don't have a dress code in the rules of the United States Senate. Uh, what we need to do is to reach an accommodation that is uh, realistic. Uh, some of this is more challenging than it sounds, but uh, I think with the progress that's been made to date is very encouraging. Okay, so they say there are technically no written rules on dress code. Yeah, so it's the unwritten rules of fashion in the Senate. It's like baseball. There's no rule that says you can't steal second base when you're up 14-1. to But the unwritten rule in baseball is when the game's over and it's 14-1 in the eighth inning, you're not stealing second base. You're not trying to embarrass everybody else. That's the same thing here. And let me ask you this. If you're Schumer or Durbin or anybody that's been life uh, a lifetime swamper and in comes the everyman, Fetterman, cargos and, and Carhartts and you know, sweater pockets and all the schlub attire that this guy wears, why do you, do you think if you, here's what I would say. You think he's going to quit? If you think if you, if you go to, if you go to Fetterman and say, hey, I need you in a suit. This is not negotiable. You think he's just going to take his ball and go home? Uh, and here's the other thing, too. Why do we treat this guy like he's a child? Why do we treat him like... Mental health, Nick. And, and, mm-hmm. and Mental health. And I don't mean any disrespect no, by no, this. No, 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 no. Because like my, my ex-wife's sister has Down syndrome. She's got special needs. Why do we treat Fetterman like he has special needs? Would he be allowed to do this if he didn't have a stroke? If John Fetterman never had a stroke, is he still allowed to dress like a vagabond? Well, what what gets me out of all this knows the answer. is that for what? No, 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 
That was just responding to him. I said that okay. was the answer. Sorry. Uh, what gets me is for years, women in Congress have said, you know, they wanted to wear slacks or they wanted to show their, you know, uh, wear a sleeveless dress. Women have been given such a hard time. I don't remember any women ever getting this much coverage. Mm-hmm. And once again, women just get the shiv out of all of this because women for years have talked about this stuff and and to no avail, the media, nobody ever talks about it. Nobody cares. This big guy comes in in a freaking hoodie and everybody's, oh, everybody's all, yeah. you know, to your point, losing like, themselves. Like a female could be ridiculed for showing too much cleavage or her skirt oh, yeah. is too short. But John Fetterman can look like he just rolled out of a YMCA. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, and believe me, I think everybody should be proper and respectful, so I'm not advocating for anything improper. I'm just saying it it's just it, it fits the narrative as to me Democrats or I should, not Democrats, progressives. Mm-hmm. Um progressives just always just walk all over women and it's weird it's becoming bizarre to me. It uh, really is. I'll I'll answer the question as well and I actually disagree with Greg. I think he would still be allowed to dress like this without a stroke because I think his appearance, his marketing, his brand, Mm -hmm. this is why he somehow, and I don't understand how it does, this is how he, quote, resonates with his base by looking the part. I disagree with you. I think that if he was a normal, I shouldn't say normal, if he did not have a stroke. Yep. You know, and, and and I don't I don't wish that on my worst no, enemy. No, of course honestly. not. We've said that all along. Um, if he did not have a stroke and he did not have these these special needs, you know, from the effects of that stroke, yeah, there's zero chance they would let him get away with this on the center floor. Did when when he was in office in Braddock and when he before he got to this level, this was a this was and pre-stroke obviously. This was part of his his package, so yes. to speak, right? Yes. So that see, that's why I think but, it would continue because look, he's a Harvard graduate. He lived at home. He didn't pay taxes. He doesn't connect with the everyday person. So those that don't know that, they just see mm-hmm. the sweatshirt and the tattoos and the mm-hmm. bald head, and they think, "Oh, I, that's a working man." Man, like, no, he's not. Yeah. yeah, he. I mean, there's look dress code. There's dress codes everywhere you go. Most offices have dress codes. You know what I mean? Like, like it's not like you don't have to wear a, a shirt and a tie. But one of the things you always ask when you get hired at a new place is, "What's the dress code here?" Mm-hmm. And it's usually, you know, business casual or yeah. whatever. Like, you know, nice pair of uh, of of uh, pants and a button down shirt for a guy, whatever. Yep. Why is it so out of the realm of possibility that the Senate might have the same thing? Or, you know, if you show up in in a hoodie and sweatpants or whatever. That's not acceptable. I know. I it, look. I mean, you're judged on a lot of different things as a politician. Your message, your policy, this, that, and the other thing. He, I mean, he is basically talked about because of the effects post stroke yep. and his wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's it's such it. a it's such a stain on the state of Pennsylvania. Like this is just this is what this is what he's this is what he's known for. Yep. You know what I mean? Like not passing any legislation that's meaningful nope. to anybody, or you know, this is this is what he's known for his his, his slovenly dress. He's a cartoon and, character. And by the way, that's coming from somebody who I, I don't like. I I don't dress up that often. I, 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 
I enjoy being comfortable. Yep. But you know what? If I was a United States senator, I would dress the part. Yeah. Because that's the part that I dress for. Honestly, when you come in most days, short of wearing Kale and Company stuff or a music shirt, you have really <laughs> nice business casual stuff on. Yes. If you showed up to the Senate dressed like you do, you would look 10 times better than Fetterman does. Yeah, most days. Not today. I have a banter on. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> raining. It's a long it's, weekend. It's, it's, it's a little dreary out. It's Monday. I barely wanted to get up this morning. Barely wanted to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't even be here today. Uh, let's talk about sexism, shall we, since Don brought it up. Jen Psaki was on, uh, had Hillary Clinton on her, uh, on her program over the weekend. And she framed this question as Hillary Clinton fighting against more sexism in public from Putin to right wing Republicans. I want to, I want to play her response to this and then I want to pose a question to both of you. This is cut 17, Daniel. Pay more attention uh, as time goes by. When you mentioned the ticket, I mean, you have fought against more sexism in public than anyone probably globally from vladimir putin to right-wing republicans the gamut you know there has been more talk at least in my time in politics about questioning whether the vice president should be on the ticket i know what i think that's about but i want to know what you think that's about well i think it's about uh you know a number of things i think vice presidents are either never thought about or they're an afterthought um and it's a tough position to be in no matter who you are uh but i also think that she's a first i mean she's the first woman she's the first woman of color she's the first daughter of immigrants i mean you can go on down the list and uh so there will definitely be a lot more scrutiny uh, than is usual for a vice president who I dare say most people couldn't even name in in many of the administrations uh, uh, going back uh, to the beginning. So honestly, again, I think she's done a much better job than she gets credit for. I think that she um, has proven to be a good partner for the president. And this is a decision that belongs to the president, whoever the president is. Mm. I remember when I chose Tim Kaine to be my running mm-hmm. mate. He had been a successful governor. He had been a successful senator. I thought, here is somebody who could literally step into the job, which to me is a, a very important criterion, but who also, you know, had a great reputation as a colleague working with people. Oh, you know, some people said he's not this, he's not that. But he was my choice. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of uh, the process, it's the president's choice. And I think that uh, he made a good choice. So I have two questions for both of you guys. Mm -hmm. First, I want to start with her her initial question, and then we can get into the Veep stuff. But my question for you is sexism from Russia, Putin, and right-wing Republicans, I believe is is how she phrased it. I'm sorry. Is who 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 rejected her in? in the election was that was that democrats or was that republicans i i'm just i'm blown away how they can take sexism (laughs) and we'll use sexism for the sake of this conversation because she brought it up but sometimes it's racism or sexism or some sort of group of people that have been offended and had the uphill battle and then she ties in putin with right-wing yeah. Republicans. So you take the the emotionalness of sexism and racism, slap a right-winger and a Putin on it, and then you got the like the, the offended sandwich. It's just, it, to me, the Democrats had the chance in 2016 to vote for the first woman president, and they decided not to. 
They said no. They, they said no. It. They said no. So, like, who's the real sexist here? I mean, the one, uh, the Democrat dudes and women who didn't vote for the first woman mm-hmm. president? Or is it the right-wing people who had no, had no, uh, yeah. you know, dog in that fight? And I, I, I don't know. And, just and, and just I asking love- as a... For a friend, I, I love how the Dems too. They claim to be about uh, standing up for uh, you know, sexism and racism and checking off boxes. So Kamala goes into the Veep box so they could check off the box. But what are they saying? Uh, straight white cis males are the, the 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 issue with America. Oh, who's going to be running for re-election in twenty four? Joe Biden. Oh, Joe Kent. <laughs> who's up next? Gavin Newsom. Yeah. Last time I checked, two straight white cis guys. But if you want to play the identity politics game. Who's playing it better right now? I don't yeah. think the Republicans are playing that game because I think these people have a lot of merit. But Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, um, for Democrats, those would be checked off boxes, would they not? Uh, let's talk about her talking, uh, her her saying this about vice presidents, about how it, the vice president is kind of a meaningless job. I mean, we know that, but yeah. uh, boy, throwing, people love to throw some shade at Kamala, that's don't they? Good, that's good. So you've got uh, Hillary, and who did it last week or two weeks ago that wouldn't answer the question that we played? No, well, a lot of them haven't. They've uh, CNN, to their credit, has pressed multiple nancy pelosi was one nancy was on with anderson cooper yeah and then uh some jake tapper had somebody on and and he pressed them as well and they wouldn't answer Mm -hmm. one way or another yep uh i just i don't know i just think it's interesting it is Uh, i'm gonna go to cut 14 here james clyburn uh was on uh meet the press and was asked about kamala harris is she the future for the democrats He starts it off by saying very nice things about her, but then ends it with, uh, it's not a given. <laughs> cut, cut 14. You that. All right. Well, let's turn to Vice President Harris. Do you see her as the future of the Democratic Party? I see her as a part of that future. Absolutely. Is I she see her. the future, though? Is she the future of the Democratic Party? Oh, she could very well be. I think she is running a very good uh, uh, campaign. Her speech last night was great. And I look to her uh, as a a successor uh, to this president. Uh, But I also know the history of that as well. Uh, It's not a given. You don't automatically move up. She'll have to compete uh, going forward with whoever may have dreams and aspirations. And I think she will acquit herself well. Well, I know that you're saying you don't look at the polls too much. But our poll does show her favorability is actually lower then President Biden, and even then former President Trump. Why do you think she's not resonating more with voters? What do you think the issue is? Uh, Because when you compare the first uh, woman of color and first woman uh, to be vice president of the United States and compare that to all of the history before, you will get that. I think that during this campaign, she will demonstrate as she did in that hall last night, that she knows exactly what she's doing. She has the capacity and the capability uh, to be president of the United States if called upon uh, to do so. So let me answer this first of all from a hosting standpoint. If I was actually a host of any of these shows and my producers have said, hey, let's get this guest on, or what about some line of questioning? Is Kamala ready? Is she next in line? I would say, no, no, look, we're not going to. That's stupid because nobody believes that she has a functionally remote chance of actually stepping up and being the number one. We're not even going to waste our time on the show. We'll come up with a better angle for the story and the topics that matter of the day. But the thing is, 
This is what happens when you say, I'm going to check off boxes in the name of DEI, and I'm not going to roll out the most qualified person. I'm just going to roll out somebody that, you know, is a female, is a African-American who will shatter glass ceilings and be a historical first. I mean, think about that. She's actually running with a lower approval rating than Joe Biden is, which is almost hard to do. I have no idea how that's possible, but I think Americans know that she would struggle in a debate against a 10th grader in a high school. <laughs> She'd probably lose. Uh, AOC was on Face the Nation. And I don't know if you guys remember this. I, I didn't, but good on uh, Margaret Brennan for bringing it up. So AOC apparently promised that her and her beau, her husband, would buy an EV, an electric vehicle, that was made at a good union shop. So mm-hmm. a union worker making an EV. Yeah. Uh, apparently she bought a Tesla, which is not made by unions, and it's against the person that she always, uh, talks about, despises Mm. Elon Musk. Okay. So, uh, Margaret Brennan, uh, asked her about this, and you know what she, she blamed? Well, Racism. uh, Cut 10. You were quoted back in July saying you look forward to buying a union-made electric vehicle, but you buy... But you currently have a non-union-made Tesla. Ah. UAW already makes some electric vehicles. Yes. So why wasn't that? Is it a problem with the the quality? Is it a problem with the style? Is the market just not there? Uh, no. The, our car was purchased uh, during the pandemic when travel, mass, before a, a vaccine had come out. Oh, so wait, wait, travel between New York and Washington, the safest <laughs> way that we had determined was don't EV, but that fault. was prior to... <laughs> Um, some of the new models coming out on the market that had the range available. Uh, but we're actually looking into trading in our car now. So oh. we're looking into it, and hopefully we will soon. Yeah. I couldn't we'll get, get back the vehicle I wanted because I had a <laughs> runny nose. <laughs> COVID. I'll she blames COVID. I know. You know, so let's let's keep track of the AOC fraud meter. Uh, exposed there on her EV and purchasing power and brand, because we know she despises Elon Musk. She's also the one who wanted to defund the police. And, oh, by the way, her security detail costs her, on a private level, $2 million. <laughs> she might be the biggest fraud of them all. Yeah. In a party, in, in, in a profession, because there's frauds on both sides, in a profession full of frauds. It's just funny to me that they that they sit here and they talk about, you know, Elon Musk, and they bring up, you know, DOJ investigations into Musk, and the first second they can, they're all buying Teslas. <laughs> it's just, it's just so nauseating. I gotta tell you, I have no interest in that vehicle. I know Apelk is a recovering EV Tesla <laughs> yeah. owner, as he says in his Twitter profile, but no interest in a Tesla. Uh, speaking of the UAW strike unions, uh, that's that's the center of all of this. EVs are actually the center of all of this as well. Uh, Pete Buttigieg was on with uh, Kristen Welker, Meet the Press. Boy, Kristen Welker really getting all the yeah, all yeah. the big guests the first two weeks. Yeah. How did Don? Did you watch? How did we grade uh, her uh, second week performance? Did she do okay? I think she's doing okay. Yeah. She's still better yeah. than Tuck Chod, as we're calling him. <laughs> Tuck Chod. Yeah. <laughs> um. So asked if Joe Biden, if the Biden administration supports the UAW's demand. Of a four-day work week with five days of pay, because that's uh, that's what the union is. Work four, get paid for five. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, the what do you four... think about that, uh, Kale and Company, Monday through Thursday? Well, the four is well, sure. If you want to do, I I think there there's like tens. It's like three 
three tens and a twelve or whatever, whatever that is. So if you want to do ten hours, you know, sure we can talk about. Right. You're not. Yeah, you know, we'll look into it. I know well, you're gassed after hour four. So well, yeah, hour four is big hour. <laughs> Where's on you? All right. How does so? Does the Biden administration support uh, this cut? Eleven. It's one of the other items that labor workers are asking for. More controversially, is a four-day work week with five days of pay. Would the president support that? Does he think that's right? Well, again, he supports them getting a record deal. Uh, he and the administration yes? are. We're not at the table, right? We're not part of the negotiations. We're not uh, doing the numbers. That's for the companies and the unions to do. But what the president is making clear is that he is leading an economy where people need to as, as he says where the economy needs to grow from the bottom up and the middle out not the top down yeah there we go the bottom up did you imagine doing that with your hands from the bottom up top <laughs> down you get like confused you do um i i've never and this has been my my stance since the pandemic and i understand for if you do four ten hours to four ten hour days it's still 40 hours and i've said you know if you can guarantee the same productivity and happier employees okay but i, I did the pandemic just create this belief of I don't want to work, and I don't need to work. I don't have to work. I don't. No, it, I. I don't know if it did that. I think it changed. It changed the way we work. I do. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think yeah. that. I think people realize that they can, especially from an ownership standpoint. Like if you can cut down on overhead and have people work from home, especially in you know computer based jobs or phone call jobs or traveling sales jobs. But and it just seems to me like we're always looking for a way, and it's all under this pretext of of mental health, like. I'm sorry if you have a job that you hate mm-hmm. and it drives you insane, but that's your fault. That's your problem. Yeah. I don't know. Work harder in school. Find something you were passionate about. Uh, got, and I get it. I've been out of radio where I've had to have jobs that I despised. And I, and I truly get the, the phrase of love, ha, love the job that you have and you'll never work a day in your life. I truly believe that. I'm never angry about doing radio. I've worked in other jobs where I'm like, God, this sucks. <laughs> but like, that's on you. Yeah, we're gonna change the whole the whole system just because of of some people don't like to work. Yeah, I don't know. Old man, yellow cloud. No, I'm it, kidding. No, it is. <laughs> it is. It, the it's funny to me because uh, well, you can always work at UPS. I hear they're make 170 grand a year. <laughs> I hear they're paying oh, yeah. decently. Uh, finally this morning, I don't know if you guys saw this, uh, this happened last Wednesday, but he finally responded to it. New York, uh, New York Times columnist David Brooks, he's, uh, he's a, like a right, a center-right columnist, like, mm-hmm. he's not a liberal. Um, he tweeted a photo last Wednesday of a meal at Newark, uh, Newark Airport. It yep. showed a burger, fries, and a glass of what appeared to be brown liquor, scotch, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the caption was, Daniel, if you could put that up on the YouTube channel. By the way, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHD. Please hit the like button if you're following along. Uh, if you can put the tweet up there. Uh, he wrote, uh, this meal just cost me $78 at, New- at Newark Airport. This is why Americans think the economy is terrible. And he got roasted for <laughs> this being kind of a, a tone-deaf tweet uh there it is uh, yeah. yeah so it's a uh, that looks like scotch to me or mm-hmm. some sort of yep. a burger fries 78 bucks uh at newark uh newark airport he addressed this over the weekend on pbs news hour uh this is cut 15 daniel uh, david before we go i want to ask you about this uh, uh tweet that you put out this week where and we can put this up on screen um you posted this tweet that showed 
uh, dinner that you were having at an airport and that it cost $78. And you wrote, this is why the American people think the economy is terrible. You got roughed up a little bit online about this, but I'm just curious more about what, what, what you were trying to convey with that. Yeah, well, first it was, it started out hatched in my mind as a, as a joke, because if you looked at what I was eating, it was bourbon and a very fattening hamburger right. and fries. So, so delicious I, dinner. I, I can't afford to make bad lifestyle choices. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but the problem with the tweet, which I wrote so stupidly, was that it made it seem like I was oblivious to something that is blindingly obvious, that an upper middle class journalist having a bourbon at an airport is a lot different than a family living paycheck to paycheck. And when I'm getting sticker shock, it's like, an, it's like an inconvenience. When they're getting sticker shop, it's a disaster. And so I was insensitive. I screwed up. I should not have written that tweet. I should, probably should not write any tweets. Amen. But, um, oh, sorry. I, That's I advice we should all be. Yeah, yeah but exactly. I, I made a mistake, and I, I, it was stupid. Wow. So Greg Stalker uh, actually has some advice for our journalists. <laughs> everything needs to be on Twitter. <laughs> um, see, I didn't come off with the tone deaf of, you know, this guy's career and salary and what he deems to be a struggle versus somebody making less. My impression was, dude, you're buying a whiskey in an airport and, yeah, you paid $78. A third of that was probably the alcohol. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. oh, by the way, yes, everything's more expensive in an airport. But when you go out to an airport or a restaurant or a bar, the liquor the yes. mixed drink is always it, overpriced. Because you have a captive audience. You can't go anywhere else. That's so, of correct. course, they can charge whatever they're going to charge them. Right. And then, on top of it, <laughs> i got to criticize the what the, looks like the maneuvering here. He took off the lettuce and the tomato off the burger. <laughs> and there's seven ketchup packets. Uh, can you put he up, eats like a five-year-old. Can you put up that photo again? That's a total violation. <laughs> and he took off all the healthy part of the burger and just went straight beef, cheese, bun, and ketchup. I just feel like we just need to stop, uh, and, and this is for the both of you too, uh, we just need to stop documenting our entire lives and trying to dunk on people on Twitter. It's just not, it's, 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 it's such a, it's such a lame exercise that just, does does nobody any good? So you think uh, yeah. he was trying to dunk on people with that? I, I don't know. I he was you know I don't know how many how many bourbons deep he was. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. How many ketchup packets? Three, three. And he got he went crinkle cut fries. And he took off the all of the uh, yeah you're right all yeah. of the lettuce and tomato. Yeah, so the whole hel- the whole healthy part yeah. of the yeah the burger is like to hell with this. It's like a vegetable explosion on his table. Yeah. And and one one more thing about this: if you're gonna do this, don't apologize for doing it. Yeah, I know. just freaking own it. I know. Like I'm tired of everybody's these apo- afraid of their own shadow. I am tired of these apologies and every just you did it, own it, whatever, move on, or don't don't address it again. Mm-hmm. To go on PBS and just oh, uh, it was I, I should not have done. Oh, uh, uh, it was so insensitive. I don't know what I was doing. It's like shut up. Seventy eight bucks. Yeah, it's that's brutal. That's br- I remember when I flew up here. Uh, last year for the job, I was at the airport and I got a, I was in the mood for a Bloody Mary. Yeah. It was $19. Yeah, sure. <laughs> 19 bucks. Yeah. Uh, I could get a bottle of Tito's for that. Somebody on the YouTube chat says, I think uh, they said the bill was somewhere around 70% liquor. <laughs> so, yeah. So then he probably had two. Because mm. I can't imagine the burger and fries were m- more than 20 bucks. If he had ordered a milkshake... Which are milkshake costs have gone through because my boys always want yeah. milkshake. Dairy's out of control right oh now. Oh my goodness! Or or if he had even ordered a beer with it, mm-hmm. I think people would not have had as much a problem. Agreed. And it would have been 
astronomical as well. That's why the cost of pizza is so expensive. Yeah. It's the cheese. Yeah, yeah. real the, cheese. The owners of, yeah. the, of the pizzeria have been getting crushed on the, on the dairy costs. And they're passing that cost on to you. Robert Schwartz on the YouTube chat writes, coming from the guy who panders constantly for likes and subscribers. Come on, Greg. <laughs> I agree. By the way, if you're watching right now, uh, please hit the like button. I want to get to 200 likes. <laughs> so, uh, And if you have not done so, please hit the subscribe button. Look, I, I know Michelle. I own it. I don't apologize for yeah, it. You're not, but you're not trying to dunk on anybody. Uh, no, I'm just trying to get. And look, it benefits the radio station. It doesn't benefit me. Right. It benefits me none. Right. It benefits the radio station, you know, which is what my, I'm trying to do. That's my answer for now on when you say, was it really necessary to post that picture of the bourbon or the beer? Yeah. Like, you know, it's was not it? benefiting me. It's benefiting the brand of the show. The everyman. Unlike John Fetterman, I am the everyman. Yeah, but we pay you to benefit uh, the everyman on this program, not on Twitter or X or whatever the hell they're calling it these days. I might retire <laughs> from social media. I've actually, I, I don't enjoy it anymore. I really don't. I really don't. Uh, El Bucaliano says, oh my God, guys, the point was inflation everywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I, I understand what the point was. I do. Right. I, I, I understand the point exactly. But then don't either own the tweet or don't put right. it out. Yeah. Don't apologize for it if if it's like oh it was very insensitive okay well yeah it, but it, are we really going to play the and look I I I'm living it you're living it grocery store but like are we really going to play the inflation card over a bourbon at an airport yeah like you're going to get charged an arm and a leg for that even if inflation's one percent Mangle Mush says go with shoestring not crinkle I I can stand behind that too. yeah or waffle fry uh, the waffle fries are too big you don't like waffle no, fries oh. No. Dawn, shoestring, or crinkle? Steak fries. Dawn? Shoestring. Yeah. But... Yeah, that's the correct answer. Any fry is a good fry. Fresh cut potatoes. I like to have it go right through that chute with the guy pushing it down. Yeah. You see the potatoes just drop into the bucket? Yeah, when when you go to a, a fast food joint, like a Wendy's or something, and they're just... They just put... Oh, the fries... Straight hot. Yeah. Salty and greasy. I agree. You should, you should just request that. Hey, can you throw a fresh batch on there for me? My... True story... When uh, we were little, my, my dad would never take us to uh, McDonald's. We'd always go to Burger King for whatever reason. He liked the, the flame broiled Whopper. Sure. He would want his burger and his fries. Fr- he would ask the person, which I think is a violation, like like that. It's four ninety nine. dollars yeah. You get what you get. He would ask how long the burgers were sitting in the chute for. Yep. I'd be so embarrassed. <laughs> I'm going to go fill up my soda. Yeah, somebody on the YouTube chat says, don't tweet while drinking. I I agree with that. Well, I've, I've been trying to fight that battle for years. Oh, God. You think it's bad now? You should have seen it in the sports days. Oh, can you stop, please? Enough. One time I, I was... Oh, here we go. I, I, I tweeted uh-uh. I wanted... Because uh, I was watching a college football game. I had a couple of vodkas. Oh, Alabama's kicker missed like three kicks. And I tweeted, I want so-and-so dead, the kicker. Yeah, of, course you, I, of course, I really don't mean that. Yeah, but And then the sports can't. radio boss was like, well, what's the point of this? Yeah. Well, I would have said the same. Like, I would have been like, bro, come on, stop. I would have had you apologize for it, but... Yeah. Twitter should come with like a breathalyzer. <laughs> like you that gotta, is you gotta, funny. You got to blow before you post, <clears throat> like you do in the car when you have DUI issues. All right, here we go. Uh, let's get to it. That'll do it for uh, what's on the cut sheet, part one, part two, coming up around uh, about an hour from now. Let's get to a Dawn Stenzel in Big Three at Eight. It's the Big Three at Eight on Kale and Company. And our Big Three at Eight, we are sponsored this morning by Millville Army. Airfield Museum on this dreary, cloudy, rainy, 65-degree day. Yes, so let's talk about it. Number one in our big three, 
we have new developments in the scandal and federal charges against New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez. He's expected to make his first public comments since his indictment on federal corruption, allegations and charges on Friday, along with his wife, gold bars, cash in envelopes, tucked in the jacket, in the closet. These are all the allegations. Menendez, though, is not expected to resign this morning, rather double down and say plans to seek re-election in 2024. We know that over the weekend, Congressman Andy Kim announcing he plans to challenge Senator Bob Menendez, so his fellow Democrat now running for his job, and a lot of reaction. We saw Governor Phil Murphy as well as pretty much most Democrats in New Jersey denouncing this and asking Menendez to please step down. But in Pennsylvania, we saw United States Senator John Fetterman making a statement and also joining those Democrats in New Jersey. Yes, and if you missed the big take this morning, it was centered around Bob Menendez. So download the Odyssey app and rewind yes. it. The can, big take. Can uh, can Murphy do something about this? I think, did you bring that up earlier, Dawn, in the 6 o'clock yeah, I mean, if he doesn't step down, they can they can definitely put the pressure. And the reason they want this is because they want to ASAP. Murphy would be able to he would just pick his own person. He would handpick somebody and then they would you know do the replacement. Yeah. And they mentioned what Andy Kim from the third district saying that he was going to run and challenge. But like to your point, Greg, in the first hour, that's not going to go to a Republican. That seat's not going to. No, no. Yeah. So they would work it out to their advantage and not let it go to the voters in other words right although dawn did point out that uh, all the corruption and all those years uh of new jersey corruption yep. gave Orzine us and chris christie yep so all of the sloppy chris christie yep. all of that gave way to <laughs> the republicans getting a chance to clean mm-hmm. things up yep. and speaking of chris christie he he uh confirmed yesterday on the morning show what i meet the press I think this is on your cut sheet anyway, but he he confirmed that he won't run for that Senate seat. Oh, well, because he wants to follow Trump around the nation, <laughs> challenging the debates, and then make pit stops in Dallas to watch the Cowboys. <laughs> By the way, he's a Cowboy and a Mets fan, is what Twitter was telling me yesterday. Because mm-hmm. I posted the picture of him oh, sitting in Jerry's box. Yeah, we, yeah. we used to have him on. Uh, we used to have him on. Uh, yeah, for Mets and. Yeah. Yankees. That's in Phillies. I love the fact that you could be a New York baseball fan and a Dallas football fan. Yeah, he's a fraud. It, 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 fraud personified. <laughs> uh, just updating you because we had, fr- last week we had another confirmation of yet another escapee who uh, had come from a different state but had been in Chester County maybe since June. We don't even know. But now there is a new, another meeting that is popping up. They're expecting a very large crowd. This is Chester County and Pennsylvania, obviously, and it'll be at the, um, the, the, this is the Township Board of Supervisors there saying that they want to restore confidence of residents and residents are not letting this go. Nor should they. So they're, yeah, they're putting everybody's feet to the fire and this follows initially the, the Dinello Cavalcante's escape from prison and now they learned they have this knew this pedophile predator who'd been in their midst mm-hmm. and is now at the Chester County prison. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. Chester County's been in the uh, the news now for about a month for all yeah. the all the reasons you never want to be in the news for. Yeah. It's been a t- this is a September that that county would just like to forget about. Uh by the way, Kevin on the YouTube chat writes before Andy Kim's seat wasn't that John Runyon's seat. He was in our 
agreed in that district. Oh, yeah, former that, Eagle. That, that district swings back and forth. Uh, well, remember T-Mac, Tom McCarthy, yes. who was on the show a lot. That mm-hmm. was his. Well, I just, remember that? That was a heartbreaking it's, loss. It's, it's very close. It's one district. It's not the entire state of New Jersey. Yeah. But that district, you're right. It, it does. It goes back and forth. Yeah. It does. Yeah. You it's have like to, a purple district. Yeah. So Andy Kim knows that maybe with Biden being so unpopular, maybe he would have lost anyway. Yeah. You know, so, so you guys maybe used it's a to bright have, move. You guys used to have Tom McCarthy on the show as well. Yeah, T Mac was on all the time. Philly's T Mac. Oh no. No. Oh, different Tom McCarthy. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say. You go from John Running to Tom McCarthy. I'm like, what other sport the, now the sports guy's here and I don't get any of them. <laughs> uh, my number three, you know, we, we love we love all the mafia shows. So this I have to I have to go to this because there was news. In the wor- world news, that the last Godfather has died, and this is goes to in Italy. He was a Godfather famous, so the last actual Godfather in in the world has the last Don has died, and so there was I don't know. This was trending on national international sites that Italian mafia boss Matteo Messina Denaro, who was arrested back in January after spending thirty years on the run has passed away. The last godfather had actually been suffering from cancer. Oh. So he, uh, Italian mafia boss, Matteo Denaro, has died. Well, poor glass so, cab out for him. Right, so many, yeah, talking about his life. All right. We are sponsored this morning by the Millville Army Airfield Museum. Help honor World War II aviation heritage at Millville Army Airfield. This is in New Jersey, of course. America's first defense airport and gunnery school for P-47 Thunderbolt fighter pilots. Admissions free. Schedule a group tour online at p47millville.org. Become a member now. Thank you. Millville Army Airfield Museum for sponsoring our big three. All right, Dawn, thank you very much. Coming up next, if you dressed like John Fetterman and went into the high-end New York City restaurants, the finest of the finest, would they allow you to sit down and would they serve you if you looked like Fetterman? The answers from the New York Post coming up next. Kale and Company. Tonight, 7-15, Eagles at Tampa Bay. The line right now is Eagles minus 4.5. I would take that. And the over at 45. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better... There's no better time to get in on the action. You you can bet on everything from spreads to player props, over-unders, so much more. Check out that combo that I told you about. Eagles at Tampa Bay for tonight. FanDuel.com slash Greg and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel's the the official partner of the NFL and is the official partner of 1210 WPHT. Tony and over President PA. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issue does not withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Kale & Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, we got to talk about QC Kinetics because if you're suffering in pain, maybe oh, maybe your aching back, your your knees, your shoulder, whatever it is, you really just check out QC Kinetics. You could call them. It's a free consultation. QC Kinetics. And people always ask me, this weekend, people came up to me at the kids' football game. Dawn, does QC Kinetics work? Yes. 
QC Kinetics actually does work. In fact, they get rave reviews. This is non-surgical regenerative regenerative treatment care. And this is for maybe you're suffering with a little arthritis or maybe this is from a past injury, right? So whatever that is, discover the value of the natural joint pain treatment options available at QC Kinetics. And they're really helping patients through this. If you've been suffering from conditions like some debilitating joint pain, maybe um, you're just going through this and you've tried everything else. And now you're to that point where you're thinking about surgery and all the downtime. You're headed into the winter, the holiday season. Before you do that, why not just call QC Kinetics and find out about this option, non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments. And I recently visited the QC Kinetics at KOP, right near King of Prussia Mall there. I mean, their medical professionals are outstanding and they're incredible. And this can enhance your quality of life. Why? Because they apply this directly into your aching joint. And that means it repairs and restores, actually restores this aching joint that needs to repair itself with no drugs, no surgery, no downtime. So QCKinetics.com, QC Kinetics, make sure that you call them before you move forth with something that means a lot of downtime in your life. QCKinetics.com. Tell Dawn sent you. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.